Welcome to Rick's Rumblings. This is the <clears throat> Yankee Thunder, The Legendary Life of Davy Crockett, Episode 2 and Chapter 2. Frolics and a Taste of Indian. Now Davy wasn't the kind to let grass grow under him. Well, folks, he said, I guess I'll be drifting along. I'm a hunter, and I mean for to roam. But Davy's pa wouldn't hear of it. He said it wouldn't be fair and square for Davy to hunt while he was so big. Davy would have to hang around until he was man-size. Davy, Davy gave a laugh and said, Guess I'm the first two-legged critter to ever have to grow down to man-size instead of up to it. While Davy was waiting to grow down, he put in his time being a help to folks round about. If they wanted to split a rock or two, they called on Davy. All they had to do was swing him up by his hands and heels from block and tackle. Then they'd push him back and forth and Davy's head would hit against the rock. That way he'd make the rocks fly apart and was equal to a high-pressure earthquake. When they wanted to sink some posts in the bed of the river to make a pier, they'd call on Davy again. First, they'd lower the posts into the mud. Then they'd say, All right, Davy. And Davy would jump down on the posts, hopping from one to the other. He'd make the tallest timbers pop down as though they weren't anything but sticks of kindling wood. Davy liked being a help to folks. Still and all, he wasn't satisfied. I'm a hunter, and I'm meant for to roam, he said. And Davy's pa said, you can't go hunting till you're man-sized. It wouldn't be fair and square. I don't seem to be growing down none, said Davy. Just keep working their way at her, said Davy's pa. There ain't nothing a man can't do if he sets his mind on it. Davy set his mind on it, but it didn't help. His size didn't come down an inch. And all he could do was wait. He would hardly have known how to pass the time if he hadn't learned how to dance. Davy was walking down Wangdoodle Knob one night when he heard the fiddle music singing out. He was in a hurry to get home after being a help to folks all day, but the music took hold of him, and he just couldn't seem to shake it off. Tried to walk away, but he couldn't make his feet behave. Pretty soon he saw it was no use, so he turned and headed up hill again. He walked down the trail on the other side, and with the music getting louder all the while, at last he came to the place where the music was coming from. In a clearing amid the forest were pitch pine torches burning, a fiddler fiddling, and some folks dancing a reel. As the folks danced, they sang. I started out from Tennessee, my old hoss wouldn't pull for me. And then the fiddler called out, 
Now back step and heel and toe. The folks back stepped and sang. He began to fret and slip. I began to cuss and whip. Walk jawbone from Tennessee. Walk jawbone from Tennessee. And then the fiddler would call out again. Now weed corn, kiver taters, and double shuffle. And the folks did the double shuffle and sang. I fed my hoss on the poplar trough. It made him catch the whooping cough. My old hoss died in Tennessee and willed his jawbone here to me. Walk jawbone from Tennessee. Walk jawbone from Tennessee. A yellow-haired girl dancing by said over her shoulder to Davy, Why don't you join the frolic, you big glumpus? Yes, ma'am, said Davy, always polite to the ladies. I ain't never danced before, but I might be I'll never dance again. But I aim to dance now, so look out, for I'm a-going to. Davy was good to his word. He joined in the frolic, danced everything from earthquake reel to square-toed double-tubble shuffle. The ground shook under his feet. And the folks all said there'd never been another stepper like Davy. After that, wild horses couldn't keep Davy away from a frolic. Once he was walking through the woods, when he came upon some Indians dancing on a big flat rock. They didn't have a fiddler, but they did have drums, and a general good time was being had by all. Hey, a frolic's a frolic said Davy, and he joined right in. His feet started flashing, and he picked up Indian steps as he went along. Pretty soon he danced down all the Indians sucked the chief. Chief let out a whoop and went into a war dance. Davy whooped back and let loose with a square-toed double-trouble shuffle. He stamped so hard and fast the rock began to snap and smoke like a Hemlock backlog. In no time at all, it burst into fire. Davy kept on until the chief's feet were singed and the blankets of the others were ablaze. Davy saw that the chief had had enough, so he stamped out the fire with a regular grind the bottle. The Indians crowded round Davy, jabbered away an Indian. Davy listened hard, but soon... He got the hang of it. Seems that the Indians had never seen anybody like Davy, and they wanted to make him one of the tribe. Suits me, said Davy. So the Indians made Davy one of the tribe, teaching him the war cry and half dozen Indian tricks. Davy went home with a feather in his hat, jabbering away himself an Indian. He crept up to the cabin without making a sound just the way the Indians had shown him. He peeped in the door and saw a stranger sitting near the fire with his ma and pa. I'll give him a little taste of engine, said Davy. Then he burst into the cabin, giving the Indian yell the way he'd been taught. And Davy's ma jumped, and his pa grabbed his rifle before he saw who it was. Turned out the stranger was Davy's Uncle Zebulon, come to visit from Crabapple Clearing in Kentucky. 
You ought to be ashamed, said Davy's ma, carrying on that way in front of your uncle. Yes, ma'am, said Davy. But Uncle Zebulon didn't mind. He was captain of the Thunder and Lightning Screamers, the finest regiment in old Ken took. And he kind of liked Davy's way of yelling. Don't be too hard on the boy, he told Davy's ma. He's a real screamer, and I'm proud to have him in the family. And when Davy left, Uncle Zebulon took off for old Kentuck, and he said, Looks to me like Davy will be the greatest hunter that ever was. Chapter 3 Slickerty Sam what with Davy attending all the frolics and helping the folks round about, his name and fame began to spread far and wide. It spread through all Tennessee, then over the ridge and edge of Tennessee into Kentucky. It spread down the Mississippi into Arkansas, and then down it all the way into New Orleans. It spread all the way to the Carolinas, and one day it spread to New England. And it was a peddler crossing the Great Smoky Mountains into Tennessee. Now, this New England peddler, peddler wasn't any ordinary peddler. He had squinty eyes, no bigger than a pig's. When he wasn't talking, his mouth was shut tight as a miser's pocketbook. He had the slyest smile that was ever smiled, and he was bent back from carrying his pack. When this New England peddler heard about Davy, he said, This here Davy Crockett can't be such a much anyway. He won't be when I get through with him. And off he went, all the way across Tennessee to the Crockett cabin on the Nolachucky River. It was evening when he got there, but he just went up and knocked at the door. There was nobody home but Davy. So it was Davy who let him in. Davy took one look at him and said, Well, burn my boots if it ain't a New England peddler. Now Davy knew a New England peddler when he saw one, but what he didn't know was this peddler was Slickerty Sam Patch Thimble Rig Skipper with Branch. Nice evening, said Slickerty Sam. It was up till now, said Davy, who'd heard something about the ways of peddlers. And then he asked, Got any wooden nutmegs? I might, said Slickerty Sam. And Davy chuckled. Got any hams made of basswood? asked Davy. Like as not, said Slickerty Sam. And Davy laughed out loud. Got any white oak cheeses, asked Davy. Pocket sawmills? Calico hogcrofts? It wouldn't surprise me, said Slickerty Sam, and Davy roared. Slickerty Sam looked around with his little squinty eyes and smiled his sly little smile. Now that we've had our fun, he said, I'd like to show you my wares. I got a fine line of tinware, glassware, brooms, washboards, clothespins, kettles, and pots. All first-rate goods, 
and I give you my word, they'll last you till they wear out. It's pretty late, Bedwar, said Davy. Never too late for a little honest trading, said Slickerty Sam. If it's honest trading you're after, said Davy, I'll sh show me your goods tomorrow when we can see them by the daylight. Slickerty Sam scratched his chin and thought it over. Show me your goods tomorrow, said Davy. I can't say as I will, and I can't say as I am, but I will said Slickerty Sam. Tomorrow, said Davy. Well, all right. And so, if you must have seen that Davy could, couldn't get around it. So he said, maybe this'll suit you better. And he gave a wave of his hands, and the next minute he wasn't a peddler at all. His pack disappeared, and he turned into a tall galoot rigged out in a black slouch hat, and a long-tailed coat, and he had a gold watch chain across his vest and a black mustache across his face. Davy knew right off the peddler had changed himself to a gambling man. But what he didn't know was that this gambling man was Slickerty Sam Patch Thimble Rig Slipper with Branch. Slickerty Sam walked over to the table. He put down three thimbles and begun slipping a pea from one thimble to the next. I'll never gamble, stranger, said Davy. Slickerty Sam looked up as though he'd been stung by a bee. Why, this ain't gambling, he said. I play the thimble game just for the sake of pastime. I slip the pea from one thimble to the other and you guess which one it is. Of course, if you want to make a bet for the fun of it, it wouldn't be polite for me to stop you. All the while, his long fingers are busy slipping that pea from one thimble to the next. Hold on, yelled Davy, kind of sudden-like. She's under the middle thimble. Slickerty Sam reached out his hand. But Davy knew what he was up to. He knew that once Slickerty Sam touched the thimble, he'd roll the pea and hide it between his fingers. Then he'd lift up the thimble and show it wasn't there. Quick as a flash, Davy reached out and picked up the thimble himself. Sure enough, there was the pea. Slickerty Sam must have seen he couldn't get around Davy that way. He gave another wave of his hands, and the next minute he wasn't a gambling man at all. He was a bully on the river, dressed all in rags and ugly as a mud fence. He was cross-eyed, bushy-haired, lopsided, knock-kneed, and slew-footed. He had fists as big as hands and a face that would have stopped a clock. Now Davy knew right off that the gambling man had changed himself to a bully on the river. But what he didn't know was this bully of the river was Slickerty Sam Patch Thimble Rig Slip-A-With Branch. Stand back, roared Slickerty Sam. I'm a bully from the upper lower fork of the great little deep shallow river. I sleep in my hat, I scream through my nose and sun myself in a thunderstorm. I'm so strong I'm scared myself and I'm growing stronger every minute. I stand back for no man, roared Davy. 
from Davy Crockett, half horse, half alligator, with a little touch of snapping turtle. Stand back your own self before I give you a taste of my breed. Back up, said Slickerty Sam. Back way up. I'd walk ten miles for a fight on a stormy night. And I'm ready for one now. Back up before I get a hold of a streak of chain lightning and thrash you with it. Back up your own self, said Davy, for I'm the yellow blossom of the forest and I'll double you up like a spare shirt. At that, Slickerty Sam threw back his head and let loose a scream. Look out, Davy Crockett, he said, I'm the great oak tree that grows half its length underground and turns up its roots unexpected. Look out. Davy looked at Slickerty Sam up and down. You sure talk a mean fight, he said, but I've had enough of your chin music. Now come on. Slickerty Sam must have seen that he couldn't get round Davy that way either. He stuck out his hand and said, it was all in fun, Davy. I know better than to fight Davy Crockett. Fighter fun, it's all same to me, said Davy, and he shook Slickerty Sam's hand. That's the end of chapter three. See you on chapter four.